program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Welcome to Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest, Candace Navarro. Now, funny thing about Candace and I, we both are like, I'm like, we've met in person. She's like, no. But you were saying how you listened to my book and you stalked me a little bit, which I think is appropriate before you go on someone's <laughs> podcast. And you're like, I feel like I know her. So yes, I like to absolutely. say I have the face of every woman because we get to see each other right now. The rest of you are missing out because we're both adorable. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we were introduced by a mutual friend, Maddie Knoll. But before we get into that, I, we have to have the little conversation that we were both giggling at because I got my little station all set up for my podcast and I'm like, okay, you know, I get my things. And one of which is ice for my feet because I have plantar fasciitis, which I always say it funny because I can't actually say the word properly. Word. Yeah. And you were, you had made jokes about how you had strained the same tendon. So tell us all that. Because you were oh, so Jenny. Yeah, no, I, I was mentioning I've never used ice, but I've done a tennis ball. Um, you know, rolled that around and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I was mentioning how I did that working out and I haven't worked out since because, and that was years ago because- I'm And you're like, I'm allergic. Right yeah, it's just not yeah. <laughs> something that I can do right now. So someday. My <laughs> husband works out rapidly. Oh. And so own. when you look at me, who is you're beautiful and I'm beautiful, but you compare my beautiful next to my husband's <laughs> sexy, and you can notice that one of us works out more than the other. And sometimes people are poopy enough to mention this. Oh, and, and I don't know if I've told this story on air, but I think you will laugh at it. So, you know, those cute couples that have been married for like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we had one of those in our neighborhood and we were sitting down at this thing. And she she's like, oh, hi, you're Nathan's wife. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And she's like, so we see him at the gym a lot working out. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, so um, we found in our marriage, it really helps if we work out together. And I was like, well, that's, that's great. And I see where she's going. Cause at the time I'm also pregnant. Oh, and that's even better. That makes I was sense. having canes because I was not walking well in a wheelchair sometimes. So at the moment I wasn't in a wheelchair and then I ended up being in a wheelchair full time. But, you know, she's shaming a handicapped fat person. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, I see where she's going here. And I said, well, mm -hmm. I made the deal. And she's like, the what? And I was like, you know, you've heard about it, right? And she's like looking at me like, no, because I'm making this up as we're going. <laughs> and I said, well, um you probably noticed that people like us a lot. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's because, you know, I took the hit for the team. And I'm looking at her like, you know what I'm talking about. And she's of course, completely oblivious because there is no hit for the team that she's aware of. And I said, well, okay, I'm really good looking. And my husband's really good looking. And sometimes, 
you might've noticed that people don't like really good looking people when they're together. And so by me getting a little fluffy, it just makes us more likable. I mean, I'm still really good looking, but it just makes us more likable, you know? And she was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, people really like us. And I mean, between all of us, we know that people like us because I don't go around shaming people about their weight. Right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I, I don't go up to people and be like, wow, you, you it's really need to hit the gym. In fact, when I see really buff, buff guys, I'm like, dude, you got to work out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, come like, on, get yourself together here a little yeah, bit. <laughs> come on. You haven't been in a gym in 15 years, you biggie. Yeah. I mean, and then they're like, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> you know um so I just thought you would appreciate that no, story absolutely. and if you ever given crap because you're like I don't work out I'm allergic to it because you said that it was hilarious you can be like well I took the hit yeah I took the hit I took the I, I did it for the team so yeah for the team because you're really good looking and I presume <laughs> I don't even know if you're married or not but <laughs> no <in> this, not. <laughs> okay well your eventual husband will be very but. good looking as well <laughs> you know <laughs> And I will take the hit for the team for us. Yeah, you'll that. take the hit for the team. <laughs> Plus two pieces of steel bouncing up against, you know what I mean? That's no fun. Yes. Sorry, well, that pe- that podcast just became not family friendly. Mm. Okay, so Candice, um, you've come, you have written a book as well. Yes, a children's book. Yep. A children's book. Okay, so what's your children's book on? It is a book called The Girl Who Found Her Way, and it's part of a series that I'm doing um, called The Adventures of Little Miss Pay. I love so, this. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's something that I've wanted to do since uh, for, for 20 years now. I have older kids, and then I have my little daughter, Paisley, who Little Miss Pay is, is inspired after, by her. Inspired yeah, by her. Little Miss Pay is just, it just rolls off the tongue. It's easy words. (laughs) It's not too big for the kids. Yeah, Yeah. thanks. I, I, um, I used to call her when she was born, my little Miss Pay Pay. So I, it just kind of a term of endearment. And Uh so it just kind of, you had to pay pay a lot for, I did. I I still do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting older and she's getting more expensive. So that's, you know how they say it takes like a million dollars to raise kids. Part of me is like, what are you giving these children? Yeah. Sorry. It does not cost that much money, but time and effort. It's yeah, that's, and that's what they want most more than anything. So right, they don't want stuff from us. Yeah. They like stuff. They do, but yeah, but it's, you know, they love us to get all the things. (laughs) I know. And sometimes it's hard to remember that too, (laughs) but um, yeah. So the book is just uh, the girl who found her way is it. These are life lessons that I wish I would have had as a young girl um, I think my esteem would have been in a better place. I'd probably be a lot further ahead in life. And yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like if I could take these lessons that, you know, we tend to learn as adults more than we do as a kid and we can kind of, you know, put it on their level and help them see that they can have a strong self-esteem, that they can go inside themselves and that they do have the answers within to, um, you know, to, to make decisions for themselves um, and, and, Obviously, they always need somebody there to guide them. So as part of the, the story, there is a, a flower, a daffodil in the story that helps her kind of guide herself to oh, knowing I where love she that. Yeah. So, so are these, these are self-esteem 
stories to help kind of give kids guideposts but with this flower are you kind of making a religious thing or not or just kind of like there's a guide in life yeah it's more just a guide just the piece so Mm -hmm. um so paisley uh the story of paisley's uh, you know there there's stories for myself there's lessons that i've wanted to learn or that i have learned and that i'm sharing with young kids and paisley the character is obviously based on my daughter but um, but the daffodil is really a representation of everybody in my life that has guided me along the way. So, oh, I love whether... this even more. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I mean, I mean, I'm a big fan of God. It's like I've said yeah. a lot. Like I'm a fan of Jesus. I think it's really important though that we make um, kids aware that those feelings that are good. If you wanted to describe them coming from God or just your gut or whatever, I believe they come from God. But it's so important that kids learn to listen to their own voice because that voice is going to guide them to good things you know and you mentioned you'd listen to my book love me too Mm -hmm. which is on overcoming abuse and I talk about that principle that little teeny little kids we do a really good job being like these are good and fluffy feelings but we also need to know the good and dark I mean the excuse me not the good (laughs) not the 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 dark side of the dark feelings and the difference between those two and their own intuition and their own guidance Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm not a religious person necessarily, but I do believe in a, a higher power and divinity. Well, to and me, that's spiritual spirit. Yeah. It's yeah whatever I don't you think you it. have to yeah. sit in a church to have a connection with exactly. what people call the divine yeah, or the God. universe. I don't like to prescribe it as a universe because to me, I, I have a relationship with an entity, right? right. Yeah. Um, but I think that sitting in a church and not having relationship with the entity um, is a breeding ground for hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really is. It's so true. So, um, yep, that's that's what it is. Is really mind and heart coherence, which I believe is where you, when you connect the two, is when you really connect with with your higher self, higher powers, right? Your divine, you know, well, divinity, if, God, whatever it is. Yeah, because confidence is. Yes. Not, you know, it's not like everyone wakes up in the morning. Oh. And is like, I am confident. I it know who I am. <laughs> liking who you are when you look in the mirror and having confidence that your choices and what you say you're going to do that you'll carry through. It's a series of character traits yes. that that you're like, hey, I'm awesome. And I don't really care what your opinion is on this. <laughs> Yeah, that's confidence. And a lot, you know, that's something that I didn't have growing up, like the confidence of saying like, yeah, this is what I'm here for. This is what I'm doing. And, and this is um, who I am. I didn't know that. And I I compared a lot. So I know there's a lot of other kids out there. I think it's so wonderful when we see these kids that, that do have that in them. It just, you know, you can see their little spirits are just shining so bright and so awesome. And then you look at other kids and I relate more to the other kids, you know, in that aspect. Mm -hmm. And I, my heart just goes out to them because I know there's just a beautiful soul inside them that wants to come out. They just don't necessarily know how or what to do to get right. it out. So. Well, we are a product a lot of what we are given. Yes. And exactly. the confidence comes from making our own self in the world. And so yes. those kids that are showing up really confident in the playground, they are, they have been given that. Yeah but they may not feel confident because they have not learned how to create those feelings within themselves. And so my first book is on confidence. So I've kind of thought a little bit about this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Uh, it's called how to embrace your inner hotness, a little subtle plug. Um, and, um, but that, you know, like I said, that we're a product of where we come from and what we've been given. And really 
every single one of us at one point is going to have to learn how to have the character traits that we like ourselves. Yes. Right. And so I love that you're doing this because several years ago, I was um, doing a Barnes and Noble book signing and my friend messages me and says, Hey, well, you're at Barnes and Noble. Will you pick up um, some books for, uh, it was, uh, I think an eight-year-old. And, um, you know, that you would like, and so I started looking through a bunch of these books and I was like, nope, nope, nope. And so from what you're saying, I'm like, great. When is your book in Barnes and Noble now? (laughs) (laughs) Not, not quite there yet. It's okay. Well, we'll we'll chat after um, how you can, uh, how you can do that. Yeah. Um, but they need to be because these messages need to be given to the kids. And I was distressed to see that a lot of the messages of the books that were being given were really disempowering messages. So that day that I was in there looking at these books, it was really about how somebody else will give you permission and how, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, a little bit of identity politics, which have nothing to do with confidence. In fact, it's everything to do, because if you're placing your faith in something outside of you, it's unempowering. That 100%. group will let you down. Individuals will let you down. But the question is, will you let you down? Right. That's 100%. Right. Okay. So then you also have a nonprofit so I feel like we're like friends because I have an almost nonprofit. Oh, well, mine's yeah, in the mine's... process of becoming a nonprofit. What, what, what? Oh, that is so fun. Well, yes. um, mine is, is also in that it's the, it's the in-between phase of we have our, we have everything going and rolling, but we're still learning. So we need some grace on what we're doing here, but, uh, but it's big and it's exciting. I'm, I'm really, um, really excited. I'd love to hear what your nonprofit is. <laughs> well, I don't like to talk about myself, but okay. <laughs> right now, you first. <laughs> um, so the not the nonprofit that we're starting is um, it, it goes along with the theme of of finding your inner self and and connecting. And uh, so, what it it the basis of it is is providing resources to youth, children, babies, teenagers all the youth of what they really want to do and what their talents really are and getting them resources to, to drive that. Very um, awesome. So I feel like we're friends. I, I feel like that too. I feel like yeah. we know each other. <laughs> yeah. Like I speak about talents and confidence and body image and resilience and all these kinds of things. So I'm like, what, what? Um, <laughs> mine has nothing to do with what I do. My nonprofit. Oh. It is because I have a native American foster sister who um, uh, there was a program back in the day where kids would be sent to go live where schooling was better. And that meant they had to leave their families. Mm-hmm. And so they would spend the school year with other families uh, up North, as it were, you know, away from the reservation. Mm-hmm. And in my sister's case, it was a great program because now she's back as a teacher on the reservation. And that was her goal. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so during COVID, my mom is like, Hey, Jerry might have COVID. And I'm like, why isn't Jerry go get herself tested? And what, what is up? And so when I'm talking to her, she goes, well, I can't. And I'm like, Jerry, why can't you like get in the car, drive down there? Like, I think she's being this, you know, self-sacrificing thing that we women tend to do. Yeah. Right. And not that men can't, but as a stereotype, we women tend to be like, I'm have to be here and serve. And <laughs> anyway, uh, she's like, if I leave my Mesa, I get a thousand dollar fine. Oh my gosh. Right. And I'm like, what do you mean you get a thousand dollar fine? So the more I dig in, the more I realize that my sister who was just like me 
I just imagined her house had a little bit more of the beautiful orange dirt that I feel a spiritual experience when I start seeing when I'm driving down the road. Like the further more we get south, I'm like, orange dirt, orange dirt. And my family's like, really, mom, is there is there orange dirt here? Right. Um, so I just kind of love the orange dirt. So I just imagined her life like that, but just with more orange dirt and and uh, powwows and things like that. Yeah. Right. She doesn't have running water. obviously does not have equal access to medical care. And so we ended up doing a ton of stuff. And now for an ongoing part of the, the 5013C that we're in the process, like, you know, we've got our legal designation for different things, but uh, is supplying clean water through filtered water bottles and a sanitation product replacement of bleach that is not only cheaper, but better for the environment and multi-purpose. Wow, that's exciting. So it's actually a green product. So um, yeah, we're really excited because there's an ongoing need for, um, I, don't, I don't even really like to call them indigenous communities because they shouldn't, they should have better than we do. Yeah, they should. You know, this is their land first. And yeah, yeah I'm not doing the whole white guilt thing. I'm just saying, you know, why have we not treated the people that why do they not have running water? And those are government issues to be solved, but yeah, it makes you well, pretty sick. Makes you pretty yeah. sick to be like, why do I have running water and my sister doesn't? Yeah, that's amazing. That's so that's what I'm doing because you know we got bored during COVID. <laughs> There's nothing nothing else to do, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> so so much, so much. Oh, and good. then my media company's like, do a podcast, and I'm like, what? <laughs> So here we are. So um, with with this, what's your goal for your nonprofit? Like what you want to go into elementary schools and kind of get them young? Or am I just being like, yeah, get them young, get them young. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, I, I definitely want these principles to get them are, young. <laughs> you know, they already yeah. know it in their core yeah, and then absolutely. adults train it out of them and society oh, trains it out of them. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. So um, it, it, it sparked because my sister, my brother and I, we grew up um, very, you know, there were times that we were homeless and, uh, times that we were just by ourselves. My parents worked really hard, um, and they just couldn't provide like other families could. And, um, so there, there were times we were left alone at home. And I think about us now and where we're at, and we're all so in such good, great places. We, we really have done a lot for ourselves and we, we, um, we want to give back to those kids that are like in that situation, but not just those kids, every kid, right? So right. whether you're every kid, every, every kid, kid doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Whether they have a house or they don't have a house, it doesn't matter. Um, we believe that there is a talent inside of every kid and there's a purpose for every kid. And, um, but, but they don't always know how to get there. I wanted to dance really, really. That was like my big thing when I was little. And but that's exercise, my friend. I know, right? Right. Yeah. So maybe if you got exercise the way you want. <laughs> yes. I, and it, as long as we don't call it exercise, then I think it's okay, dancing. Sorry. <laughs> it's not a real thing. <laughs> not a real thing. It's a, yeah. I don't even yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I think about us sitting at home and just all the talent that we had inside of us just sitting there. And if somebody would have come along and said, Hey, look, we know you don't have a way to get to dance. We know that your parents really can't afford this right now, but we see that you want to do this. Um, and that's the premises of it is finding resources at the vision of it at the end of the day, uh, you know, what I see for it is having a center, uh, that's 
very large and where a kid can walk in in a safe environment, you know, and say, hey, I like um, I like science or I like art. And we say, okay, cool. Let's go into this science room and this art room with all these mentors that can help you just play and explore and let it be play and exploration instead of, you know, work and, and, right. you know, us so telling like them YMCA how to do it or what to steroid. do it. I'm sorry. I you know what? That's okay. Let me say that? that again. I interrupted you and that's going to irritate oh, yeah, my poor media company because they're like, Lita. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So it's like a, a YMCA on steroids. You could call it that. Yeah. Like it's, it is, um, it, it will encompass a lot of that, but also even more. So we want to have it where um, we feel like if the basic needs of, of, of a child are met, meaning they're not hungry, they don't, they have shelter and food and clothing and all of that. Um, and they have an equal playing field, then they can really walk in and say, okay, I can go do these things now because I'm not worried about where my next meal is coming from or whatnot. Right. So um, we want to help provide resources to the community, you know, through other venues, of course, we, we can't give everything to everyone, unfortunately, um, but we want to have the resources where if they, when they do walk in, if they need food at home or they need therapy or they need something to just help them feel a little bit more secure in their life. We want to be able to find some resources and, and guide them there um, and then allow them to come in and have a space. Like <laughs> the way that I kind of imagine it is kind of like when you think about Annie and um, pulling her off the street and her walking in and seeing, you know, daddy Warbucks house and being like, Oh, what, you know, like, that's what I want kids to experience is this is all for me. You know, this is, this is where I get to go and I get to play and explore and have fun. And I don't have to worry about anything. You know, I just get to play and be a kid. And, and by play, I mean, when we watch kids play, we see their natural interests and talents come out and so whatever that play is for them and not being told no that's not how you do it but being told well let's try it and see how that works and what do you think about this and that so um right. like the Montessori method yeah it's similar that, to that yeah, that's, exactly. uh, you know has a little bit of structure but mostly just expanding kids minds and letting them yeah. experiment in safe places exactly yeah yep. so where is this awesome center going to be we have not determined that yet. Um, Where would so you like it to be? I would like it to be um, more closer to the inner city areas. Um, you know, I know that there's there's going to be a search for this coming up. It's part of the phases that we're rolling out. But um, it, it, the idea is that it's close to communities that don't have a lot of resources to get a child to where, you know, we can bust them. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. 
We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO to email campaigns to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801-386-3896. Mention this ad and get 100 bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896, or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media. Okay, so inner cities, where do you live? Can you, do you mind sharing that? Yeah, no, I live, um, I live actually in West Jordan. Would West Jordan be yeah, West Jordan kind of be, area? Uh, he, yes, uh, West Jordan could be one of the areas. Um, I'm thinking, uh, you know, maybe West Valley, even Salt Lake. But, you know, just having a home that takes the time to do things for kids mm-hmm. and that your center is saying, okay, if the home is unable to, and I loved how earlier in this that you talked about how you guys experienced homelessness and your parents worked really hard. Mm-hmm. So you weren't casting any shade on them, which I was like, love you for that. Because yeah. when we learn our parents' stories, mm-hmm. we can give a lot of compassion about maybe why they couldn't do something the neighbor could do. Yeah, absolutely. You know? oh, um, so how that. long were you homeless? Um, so we, th- there was a couple of, it was when I was younger, uh, about three, I believe. Um, and I don't know, honestly, how long that was for, but there were times when, um, we would be kicked out of a place of a house or an apartment or something. And, um, then we would have, we'd have to find somewhere. We didn't have anywhere to go. And, um, so my, there's one experience where we were kicked out of this house that we were renting and, um, we were, we were trying to figure out where to go and we went back to go get some of our stuff and, happened to be that all of our memories and things, you know, pictures, stuff like that were there and they were just thrown away, just got rid of them. And, and I, I mean, I, I see that story from the perspective of a little eight-year-old, you know, and so I don't know all the backstory to it or what happened or, and it doesn't really matter necessarily. It's just more about not going to lead to healing. It's not necessarily to know everything. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just, um, it just was constant coming home and not knowing if home was going to be in that place or if it was going to be somewhere else. Was this something you were able to talk about with your parents or did you do the, the, I'm going to put in quotation marks, the nice thing of not asking questions? You know, I think, um, I think I probably mentioned it to my, my parents when I was a kid, like, Hey, why do we have to move so much? But I don't, I don't really recall an answer to that. It was just, mm-hmm. and my parents really tried to make it more adventurous than anything. Um, and that's one thing that I appreciate, appreciate about them so much is that they, they really were just like, okay, we're, we're going on a new adventure. We're going to move to the city now and we're going to do this stuff and you're going to have new friends now. And, you know, oh, so you, you move schools too. Oh, we moved constantly. Yeah. Every so, two to three years. You're in West Jordan now, but where all have you been? Like what oh, cities are all so, around this area? Yeah, so I've lived in Magna, West, West Valley a couple times, a few times. Uh, West Jordan, um, we did move up to, I think West Jordan was uh, the only other one. Um, those are pretty much the only cities. 
but we just moved a whole okay. bunch of times within. And you just city. move all these different times. And would you be switching schools all the time? Yes. Every time we moved, I'd have to go to a new school. Yeah. Which, so, you know, that's really hard. It was, it was definitely a challenge. <laughs> right. And you're saying that, so it's you and your brother or they're more siblings? And my sister. Yeah. So I have an older and brother. You've all, you've all turned out well, like you're yes. all not very stable and yeah I was like I, I, I realized my wording was weird on that oh no you no know. you're good. you've it's all good. turned out to be um contributing human beings to society yes yes <laughs> awesome. yes I mean we all struggled there for a minute like uh you know we we went through that um transformational time in our lives where we were all young parents we were all maybe not on the right course we've had to course correct quite a bit learn our lessons that way um, but somehow, somewhere along the way, we all had somebody that said, hey, you could do better than this. And that's what the center, the premise of it is about is really saying like, hey, you can do better. Let's see what we can get from you, you know, like. And your it. daisies and your pace and your missed pay stories. Yes, you know, yes. Who inspired you and, yeah. and, and spoke Absolutely. truth into you. Yeah, yep. I love that because I'm thinking of all of my mentors in my life you know, yep. the people that, that planted, I could be more and, and love me too. You know, I mentioned yes. a couple of them yes. and, uh, you know, how powerful it is and how powerful our words are. And it, it, it really breaks me up that when, and I don't know if your perception was the same, obviously, you know, our experiences, you know, who knows? I mean, my dad was a trucker, so we had a house, but we moved around a lot in the truck, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, and so I got to experience sleeping underneath a trailer or in a trailer, like sleeping in the trailer, you know, like we're living high on the hog now. Um, but those are great experiences as an adult now, because, um, right before, uh, my son's mission call party, um, my bathrooms were being demoed because my tub has flooded overflowed. And the guy's like talking to me like, okay, we're going to take good care of you. And I kind of, this is really stressful. I'm like, oh, this, this isn't stressful. <laughs> like, this is like, I don't need the pep talk. And he's like, yeah. oh, you, you don't need the pep talk. I'm like, this is just an event. It's yeah. fine. And I can go back to, you know, the resiliency of my childhood to be like, okay, I'm sitting in a position where we're talking about insurance. Yeah. I am <laughs> very fortunate, you know, like insurance is yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And those, and I'm so thankful for those experiences. And, and you're expressing that same kind of thankful because it does make you more resilient and have a perspective of what real challenges in life are. And they're, you know, uh, I have one of my mentors who says if money can solve it, it's not a problem. That's, that's right. To look at it. And yeah. because a lot of the problems we keep throwing money as a government, as a society at problems, but what we really need is people to roll up their sleeves and mentor and love and have conversations. You can't pay someone per yeah. se to do that. Exactly. And you and could give a million dollars to a house in the hood. And <laughs> after they've blown through that money, yeah. They will be back in the hood because their principles are the same. that you have to learn to make different choices. That's exactly, exactly it. It's, it's because I, I, when we talk about like, oh, I want to change the world. Right. And we all know that that just is such a, like, how can we even comprehend changing the world? Right. But when we can change ourselves and we can 
really change how we think and process things and how we act and go from that child that is scared and doesn't know who they are or what they're doing to the adult or even it, my hope is that it, it is still a child right that they before they come out of that age range that they have that inside of them to say I know who I am and that's how you change a community and then the world you know because right. and your center is focused on changing the perspective of yeah. the individual and hopefully the younger they are because yes. they can you know um, years are easier life choices, right <laughs> yeah make their exactly. lives easier and life will always be hard for every individual because that's I think the nature of life we were making a joke before we started about reincarnation yeah and that we were like I would totally do this life but can and I made the comment like can we choose when it picks up though <laughs> you know like I don't want to go back and you probably don't as thankful as we are for those experiences that gave us a perspective of gratitude yeah I don't it want to redo in. them I just want the no. wisdom from them <laughs> exactly like, like no wisdom in there I don't, don't want to be sexually molested again thank you very <laughs> no. much like no that would be a, that would be a no-go but yeah. yet I'm so thankful for the individuals you know and this whole idea of the center you know let's say your your vision I'm not saying this or you know saying it's not possible but let's say you only open up in one two three cities instead of all over the country and people might go well you had a dream of being in all 50 states you know I I don't know exactly Yet, you know, one, two, three, five, 10, 15, 50, you know, a hundred, it matters to those kids and to those individuals. Oh. And I get very, uh, I'm not sure if angry or disgusted is the right word when people will talk about distancing themselves from the distressed family, or that's for someone else to deal with. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is when you lean in. If you see that there is a family that is missing or lacking or needs extra support or the parents are struggling or the mother or the father, you know, like whatever the dynamics are, that's not where you have your kids avoid them. That's where you set up play dates. Yeah. That's yeah. where you lean in. <laughs> and, you know, you can be that little center in your neighborhood. And um, people did that for me and I'm trying to pay it back. And I think it's interesting how you said, um, you know, that you want to pay back all of the goodness that you were given and the mentorship and the guideposts that you were given, because a lot of people could just be focusing on what they didn't have. Yeah. And, you know, my parents couldn't be everything. So therefore my childhood sucked, <laughs> you know, but. And, and it's are, easy to go to that places for, for some, you know, like it, I think it's easy for us to sometimes fall into that victim mindset of, well, woe is me and poor me. And this, this is, how I was raised, or this is the experience. Um, and sometimes it takes just somebody else saying, Oh, what did you learn from that? You know, to go, Oh, wait, I don't have to be yeah. a victim. I can, I can step into this experience and learn and grow from it and understand right. that challenge. So, so yeah. I was, I was kind of getting to a question that I wanted to ask you. And then I distracted myself with my thoughts. <laughs> um, cause there's so many good juicy stuff here. Um, that, you know, my perspective as a kid, was that adults kind of had their stuff together. Mm -hmm. You know, not all the adults, but you just kind of thought that adults, there was like this magical moment where people became adults. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really sad that there's no way children of today could think that. Because the adults' weaknesses are so 
in the media, on social media, people um, bully each mm -hmm. other as adults. And so I think about the little girl that's 14 years old who just got bullied and she goes and she, you know, sees something on social media and somebody else who's an adult getting bullied. And I think no wonder our suicide rates are climbing because there's never this wonderful moment in the future that you get to think all my dreams come true yeah. you know, for our kids. And of yeah. course there is, it's just past all that <laughs> muck and, you know, yeah. but the concept happily ever after, I, I don't know how well that would, you know, kids would be like, until, mm. you know, this happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I think it's even more important today and in, in what we've been through in the last, you know, couple of years to give some kind of hope to kids that life can be better than what it is right now. And, mm -hmm. and you may see those adults acting strangely. <laughs> well, and I um, think the death of hope is, is, I mean, you could write books on how devastating that is. And I think it links back to I mean, I wrote Love Me Too in reaction to the concept that the Me Too movement put out that we were mm -hmm. victims because of something that someone else did. Yeah. Like I didn't choose that as a child. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now for the rest of my life is damaged and I'm a victim and I'm not going to be okay. And I get to be bitter and I get a pass in life. I'm like, I find that offensive. Yeah. Right. And you're yeah. like doing the, uh-huh, you know, like yeah. if you were a Baptist, you'd be like, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, that it's, it's so toxic. It seems compassionate to allow people to be victims until you realize that victim is the death of hope. Oh my gosh. It's so true. That is so true. It seems so kind to say, oh, look at this kid that doesn't have you know, a mom or a dad or, you know, whatever the circumstances or they've, you know, experienced a lot of trauma or violence in their life. Yeah. They're probably not going to achieve as much. Whoa, whoa, mm -hmm. that's, whoa, <laughs> that's, that's, um, an that's opportunity. Well, yeah. it's, it's, uh, the opportunity, like we're talking about to lean yeah. into it instead exactly. of being like, yeah, well that one's damaged. Yeah. And they're, they're never going to go anywhere. Don't let our kids around them because they'll just influence them a certain way. And then yeah. we'll be dealing with it in our own home. Like, no, it's like, let's find out what that kid needs and wants. Like, what do they want? You know, give them hope, give them, right. give them their I mean, I talk about a little girl, Jamie, in my book, who mm -hmm. I kidnapped from her home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> great story, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my daughter was on the front line and people have come to me and said, you suspected that she had been molested and you let her play with your daughter. And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Because my daughter, and I'm going to get a little emotional. My daughter never had to go through being molested, but has all of the wisdom witnessing firsthand what the trauma was, how you get out of that. And this young lady is still in our lives. She is my adopted niece. She's stuck with me forever. Right. And, um, but my daughter has a fire in her belly, just like you and I do to be that compassionate human being. And she didn't have to go through those experiences. And so when people are like, I don't know if she's a good influence, you know, why would you do that? And I'm like, that's exactly why. Yeah. It's, you can't give without receiving. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I think it's kind of ignorant to say that only the only influence that would come to our kids is through those kids. Like who are our kids' biggest influencers? 
it's it's us it's our their parents it's their right. the mentors the people that stand up and say hey i believe in you you know or these are the things that you should consider looking at or watch out for or these bad things do happen and here's how you can protect yourself right like, the relationship that you had with your daughter was one of trust, you know, you right. trusted her that she would communicate with you and you trusted yourself that you would communicate with her. And that's why the outcome I believe is. Yeah. Is and so it's totally the, the trust, the communication mm-hmm. there, that's a thousand conversations about, um, um, about dolls, about Legos, about things that, you know, no offense to her 16 year old self now bored me to tears. Right. But that led to her knowing that there was no conversation she couldn't have. Mm-hmm. And what she didn't know, and which I outlined and loved me too, I'd already insulated my daughter with the knowledge of okay. when something feels sticky, what to do with that. And yeah. so she knew when she was hearing sticky information that that was going to be told to mom and dad. And, and that mom and dad weren't going to freak out if it was, you know, because that's that's another yeah. thing I think is big. Which, as you know, parenting is... Um, the ability to freak out without anyone seeing that like yeah. you're screaming in your head going oh that's interesting yeah with a very calm face and yes blowing up inside. yeah <laughs> the difference between reacting and responding is, is you know, <laughs> sometimes there's like this how do I pretend like I'm not reacting right now <laughs> right so, you know <laughs> I'm okay I got this it's I'm fine, fine. <laughs> everything's fine keep talking yes I I have that conversation with my daughter with Paisley now I'm like hey if you have any you know let's talk through like what's going on with your friends what's going on with you and everything and and you you kind of brace yourself a little bit inside like okay but you hope that she doesn't see or sense that you know you're like okay I'm ready for whatever you got to throw at me but oh boy (laughs) is there something coming you know (laughs) Yeah, I, I tell so. a story of how my son one day came home from junior high and he's like, yeah, so some somebody was passing out these pills today. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and it's like, OK, maybe I'm exaggerating in my own mind, but it was like 40 minutes before I was able to ask a question, receive the reply, have the conversation before I found out that my son didn't take any of the pills. you know and when I have two siblings that have struggled with that I've got some issues about it you know and um but then because I'd asked so many questions and like oh what did you think about that and oh what did he say and oh interesting right that there was a young man who'd taken several of them and so Mm -hmm. I was able to explain to my son again lean in the mm-hmm. possible danger for him taking multiple pills that he doesn't know what they are. And so he, my son then is on the phone with his friend being like, you know, crying, telling him, Hey dude, you got to tell your parents because um, I'm calling now, but my mom's going to call mm-hmm. because your safety. And the boy took the message from my son, went to his mom, they went and pumped his stomach. Right. Mm-hmm. But we've got to keep, we've got to understand our kids are on the front line. So why are we trying to shelter them from it? Because we're an influence. Their peers are an influence. Media is an influence. You know, they're being targeted through their, you know, mobile devices by predators. Right. And that we're like, 
how could my kid know of anything that could happen in the world that is negative? Because they know more than you think they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just open up those, those communication and get comfortable talking about sex and drugs and body parts and all of that because they need a safe place to talk about those things. They absolutely do. And then following that up with what they know inside themselves, you know, like, like the mind and heart coherence, like, okay, my mind is telling me I'm seeing this, but what am I feeling about it? You know, and that's, uh, that's really what I, I want people to, or children to really understand is like, you know, when I was younger, I'd look at a situation and I would, I always, when I did look at the adults, I learned that it was better to be smart and logical than it was to be emotional and feel mm. things. And so I learned to analyze everything. I learned that smarter is better. And so I have to think through everything and I have to question myself and everybody around me all the time. And it was kind of like a safety or defense mechanism for me to just go directly. And so I learned to push down my feelings and my heart. Of, and there's a lot of intuitive knowing inside our hearts, you know? And so connecting the dots together for the kids whenever they do experience something like what your son, he was intuitive enough to say, yeah, I probably ought to talk to my mom about this. You know, like <laughs> I should probably mention this to my mom. Like right. that comes from that mind and heart coherence because but I it probably got that information out of him because I was like, Hey, so what, <laughs> what fun happened today? <laughs> so being a parent, you're asking those questions too. Exactly. And, you know, we That's can't just expect these little people to know. No, exactly. There. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Yeah. They, well, it, it goes back to the, the mind part of it. You know, like, okay, I know this information. What do I do with it? And some kids that aren't connected to their heart when their parents ask them are going to completely ignore their heart and say, oh, nothing. You know, I don't want my friend to get in trouble or I don't want to be in trouble. Or, you know, they go to the logical answer. And so you know, them knowing that they have a safe place to, comes from listening, I believe to their heart um, and their mind. So I want to dig into that a little bit. This, this is so beautiful, this logic, because on the outside saying, yes, I logic put emotion aside, being a Vulcan for those that love um, Star Trek. I had to think, <laughs> which, you know, I get them confused, um, you know, seems like to have some advantages, but you know, you've got the the heart and the emotion that's like Kirk and Scotty right that you know those balances and it's such a a funny trope in entertainment but how we do have to be that inside our own selves I'd love just a little bit more of as a child what were some of those consequences for you to how did you start connecting those dots so I I had a very logical father and a very emotional mother and they mm. clashed a lot and so um when I when I look at my mom and the reactions I would see to her emotions, um, they were outbursts at times. And so, mm. and what would happen there is it would push my dad to shut down or be, you know, not understanding why she's reacting the way that she is. And, and I just looking at both of these and, and it, it felt to me like my dad just kind of had more control over himself than my mom did when it came to that. So so it was easy for me to look at my dad, even though I was closer, I was actually very close to my mom. She was, she was my go-to, she was my person. Um, but I didn't want to 
react like she did. I didn't want that emotion. I didn't want to share that with the world. I wanted to be like my dad and shut down and say, I'm smarter mm. than I'm smarter than this situation or I'm smarter than this person or I'm, you know, so. But you were more like your mom. But I was so much more. Got, am I correct in saying you had some yeah. self-shaming going on? Oh, lots. Yeah. 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 It was. So when did you realize that both were awesome? Both the logical <laughs> and the emotion, and the- like. Probably three years ago, as I worked through a healing process, because it, I, I didn't even realize I was so logical until somebody asked me. That was my life, my spiritual life coach. She said, "What? At what point in your life did you think it was better to be more logical than it was to be intuitive or listen to your heart?" And And it really took me back. I was like, (laughs) "Wait a minute, what? What did you just? Can you repeat that?" Yeah, I'm Um, sorry. Come again. Because (laughs) because it made perfect sense, but I didn't realize it was happening. You know, right, right. um, But yeah, I had. uh, You know, I think one of the the big events that happened in my life was losing my son, and that caused me to force. It forces you into a space that that you don't get to just be logical anymore. You have to feel, you have to go through, you have to go through all the emotion. And, um, you know, even today it's been three years, but I still, some days I can talk about it and be just fine. And other moments I'm going to lose it, you know, and I'm not even going to know when those moments are going to be. Um, but it, it was through that healing process that I've, I've learned this heart and mind coherence of like, okay, we can mesh these two together and I can, I'm actually more confident knowing that I can be my true self in the emotional side and the logical side and, and bring them together and work together. And that's exactly what this book is, is she, her heart reaches out to her mind to say, Hey, can we work together so that we can get her to the right place? Awesome. Well, I don't know if you, in your stalking of me found that we share that in common that we both had an out of order burial. And, um, I have found I'm 12 years out that, Mm -hmm. um, it's awakened me to my greatness because what I used to fear, yeah, like, you know, talking about the, the, the flooding of the bathrooms, like (laughs) that's, an oh, you know, that was, that was the, the Mount Everest of my adult life, you know, to, to overcome. (laughs) And there were plenty, there was plenty, I was still sore in the thighs from all the, you know, hiking of my childhood. Right. Uh (laughs) So. Um, I just want to give you a a hug from one angel mom to another and, and, you know, my sharing that they're, they're pretty bossy. So we can do a lot more when we have a muse working in our behalf, you know, I like to joke that they're, they're networking on the other side for us. And, you know, (laughs) I definitely feel him nudging me quite often. So, yeah. And it's, and I, I have a joke that when people you know, we'll say, Oh, I know how you feel. You know, my grandma died and I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> and maybe it's cause I, I didn't have that, um, you know, genetic grandmother that was there, you know, mm-hmm. um, emotionally. Um, but that I'm like, well, grandma's retired, but she still has the zeal of youth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. she, that she's networking for me over there, but not, not downing grandmother's deaths, but it's like, it's different when you yeah. bury a child versus any oh. other death. Um, that when I, when, when old people pass, I'm kind of happy for them that, you know, they, they lived they, a long life and the alternative is not as awesome. Yeah. It's, so. it, it's hard. And, and 
I actually experienced a year and a week to the day um, my dad passing away uh, from when my son did. So I experienced both. And my dad, okay, so your child and your dad died on the same day, uh, a week apart, a year and a week, a so year one and year a week. and one week. Exactly. So it's kind of like your week of cocooning that you're like, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, we, it's really interesting. We also, um, about 20, I guess it would be 24 years ago, I lost a nephew um, to SIDS and he passed away in February and um, my son passed away in February and then my dad passed away in February. And Ah. so we have this February month where a lot of the family's like, oh, I hate February. But I I can't help but think that if you have to leave a mark, right, if if you've chosen when you're going to go or whatever it is you believe, if you, if you, if it's your time to go and you have an option to choose that, why not choose the month of love? You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a, it definitely allows me to retreat and take time and to say, you know, the month of February is, is very sorrowful. It's very hard for all of us to relive all these things that, you know, we've lost three great men in a baby. I mean, a baby and two great men <laughs> um, in the month great of man. February. I mean, his soul. Yeah, I, I, yeah exactly. Man. Yeah, um, you know, I, as an I, adult, I should say, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, I can't help but think that they're there saying, hey, we left you, but we did it on the month of love and we're over here I, giving you love. I think that this is a, this is really a great lesson, you know, for our listeners that you've had all these things, but all throughout this interview, or the conversation, because really it's a conversation, you have chosen to, to spin that coin mm-hmm. and come up on the positive side. You know, what's the good thing? What's the lesson from it? And, you know, figured out, I, I love that now, if I know, meet someone who, you know, lost someone in February, I'm going to say, well, my can my friend Candace Navarro says it's the month of love. Right. And that's really the greatest thing we can do for each other. And I also had to smile because, um, in my book, um, I think it's in my first book, um, How to Embrace Your Hotness, I share the story that is behind your head about the oh, two wolves. Really? Yes. <laughs> and wow. it's a great, it's a great story. And so I'm like, we are kind of like, like we're like, <laughs> you know. So um <laughs> feel free to put laser sounds in there, right? <laughs> Okay, so I clearly could talk to my um, my sexy other half um, for a long, long time. Oh. But I want to ask you, as I like to be able to ask my guests when I don't have too much ADD <laughs> to forget, um, what is your fuel? So that is something that you put in your life that lights you up and it may be a daily affirmation or habit, whatever it is that gives you strength. Well, I am a seeker of, of knowledge and experience. And so what really fuels me every day is um, my vision board. I have a vision board uh, that's right next to my bed and it has all the things in my life that, you know, are important to me and that I want to accomplish and that I'm driving for. And so waking up every day, it just, that's, that's my, my fuel for the day, my fuel. I love it. I love it. Okay. So what is your oxygen? So this is something that others may not see, Mm -hmm. right? um, that is a part of everything that you are? I would say it would be determination. People may not realize how determined I am when it comes to things. I, I think I hold back a little bit, but it's kind of like, I I see she is fierce. fierce. I love it. Yeah. Okay. And what is your heat? 
So this may be a unique gift or talent that you give the world. This may be God. It may be something that you're most proud of. I would say my heat are, is my kids and my legacy. Like I, my kids have been my world since I was 15, I became pregnant. And, um, you know, when I, when I had my first baby, I just knew my life needed to change and that I needed to get that fierceness inside out and I needed to have a vision and I needed to, and even at such a young age, I just, it was definitely that being a mother and pulling those, those babies into the world and having a legacy. And even my grandchildren, I have a grandbaby and um, I think about her and her life and, and all the ones that are still going to come. I'm so excited for them. And I just want them to know that when they get here, they have a purpose and they have a reason and they, you know, they get to shine. So, well, I uh, give my heart to you and my gratitude that you chose to, to parent um, and to choose to do that. It's not an easy decision um, to do that at 15. So I, I'm, um, you know, I would never impose abortion on anyone and I would never advocate for it because of my experience of miscarriages and loss Mm -hmm. and the value I have for each human soul. And, you know, but anyone born after 1972 has had that choice. And, um, I, I commend you for that must've been a very, very hard decision and my hat's off to you for, for doing that. And, um, yeah, like I'm inspired. That's really inspiring. So thank you for sharing that with me. Boy, you sparked me with your heat. (laughs) (laughs) So you may do as me as well. So thank you. I don't even think that formed a sentence right, but you did as well. Your book was all right. We're, um, we don't get mad about little grammar things here. (laughs) (laughs) Just a conversation. You know, we're having a good time sharing our hotness as it were with the world. Okay. So we'll be sure to put in the show notes, um, where people can buy your book and support um, Miss Pay and her adventures and putting more awesome content out there. And I might um, ping you when I'm ready to do my children's story that I have, um, that I promised in Love Me Too, that mm-hmm. I would put out there. Um, and I look forward to um, the beginning of our, our for sure, knowing each other friendship. Yes. And thank you, Candice, for being on this office at for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness with Nita Green and my guest, Candice Navarro. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. 
We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO to email campaigns to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801-386-3896. Mention this ad and get 100 bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896, or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media. 